G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our review and rank series for 2021. And the country we are talking about today is Belgium. Yes, bit of a hot and cold with Belgium recently, hasn't it, Dale? It has been. I mean, look, they have won the competition once. It was back in the 80s. And throughout the last decade, you're totally right. Hot and cold. They've either been pretty much in the top 10. Or the non-qualified. <laughs> the worst they did when they made the final was 12th. So it's been 4th to 12th, and all the others have been non-qualified 50-50 in the last decade. So when they're on, they're on. But when they're off, oof, they're off. Yes. So let's hope they've got something better for us this year, Michael. What do they have? We have Hoover Phonic and The Wrong Place. Hoover Phonic were formed in 1995. Primarily the band are bassist Alex Callier and guitarist Raymond Gertz. But this year they're joined by vocalist Geika Arnett. Now she is back. She left the band back in 2008 and has mm. now returned. Mm. Hoover Phonic were an internal selection for 2020 and invited back by the broadcaster to compete in 2021. So somewhat familiar faces, Dale. Somewhat. I mean, there was someone not invited back, but uh, let's <laughs> leave that for later. Yes, we do have a different lead vocalist than we had last year. Mm. Hmm. Should well, we talk about some of the pros of this? Yes, let's. Look, I actually do really like this song. I think it's a style that I can get into a bit more. We've lost that Bondy stuff they were very much going with last year, combined with Cafe Jazz. Uh, There's something I really like about the song. Musically, it's good. There's nice instrumentation and production. And she's got a lovely voice. And it definitely has the chops when it comes to musicality. Yeah, I will agree with that. There is a quality song here, isn't there? Um, I'm going to say it is definitely a vibe, and it's a vibe that they have uh, got by themselves and is unique to this competition. It is quite dark, uh, and it is almost has a sort of haunting quality there. So they've captured something that, that is unique to them. And look, they're established artists. I mean, they've been around since the 90s. Um, they may not be so modern and current. <laughs> but when I think about that from a jury perspective, they do have a reputation. Like they are known in a lot of continental Europe. They even break through to the UK in the 90s. There was a lot of people, I remember when they were announced last year, that I was really surprised at who I just knew going, wow, Hoover Phonica in it. And I was like, I've never heard of them, <laughs> but they do have a following. So th- that establishment is always going to help. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to say, like, the chorus in this song is probably works for me, is probably the thing that really does. It does sort of raise the energy level somewhat throughout the song when we hit that chorus, and it does have a certain catchiness to it. So in a competition setting, you kind of need that kind of element. There's a little bit more to grab onto this year, I think. That Johnny Cash t-shirt line is great. (laughs) Like, you do sing it afterwards. You do remember. It's probably the one thing you do remember from this song when it goes um, away and you start listening to other things. That's what stays with me. And I think there's that little bit more connection and 
something to grab onto much more this year than I felt for last year, which I thought was a snore fest. I will somewhat agree with that. Somewhat well. agree. <laughs> well, it sounds like you want to get into the cons, Michael. Why don't you talk about some of the potential drawbacks of this entry? I mean, they do have captured that sort of uh, very melancholic vibe uh, for the song. But for me, I almost find it almost energy sapping, particularly when you put it into a lineup. And, and that's probably not a good thing now i'm just we've we've had the semi-final draws now so we can talk about it yep um they are in between croatia and uh israel mm. now this could either be a palate cleanser or it's going to be a complete flat spot mm. and i'm sort of heading towards the second one i'm afraid I, I agree. I actually wrote that uh, for a potential pro of being a palate cleanser, but you're right. It's one or the other. And I think there's something where you said the melancholy side and potentially flat is that, I don't know, can it, even though we talk about Little Hooks compared to last year, overall in this major semifinal full of great songs, does it really grab your attention? Does it really go anywhere? What are you really going to take away from this song other than go, oh, that was nice what's gonna what's gonna grab you yeah what's your call to action what, what's gonna compel you to vote for this song totally which brings me to my next point it really does lack a moment in this song it, it just really plods along for three minutes a little probably less than last year's effort but still i find there's really nothing there for tally voters in particular to hang on to now i know people will say oh but juries well juries aren't necessarily going to like this either mm. um we saw with senec that was real jury bait that got ninth in the jury mm. you've got to have something you've got to have a package and i don't know if this is going to have it and what let senec down and what could have let this song down is staging I don't know what they're going to do. And there's certainly an element of them going, we're musical artists. We're just going to stand up in here and deliver our amazing song because we're so wonderful. And people are going to be like, what is that staging? It's hard to get the magic of a calm after the storm. Not many people can do it. And I just don't think that this song and maybe this group has it in them to deliver this magical staging to go on a journey on such a kind of flat song. It's not really bells and whistles with staging on this one, is it? And it's funny you should mention staging, Dale, because it is Hans Panakuke who's going to come back and do this uh, staging for them. He also did Come After the Storm. Oh, did he? Okay. Yes, he oh, did. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he also did Arcade. Um, so he's got a couple of big hitters there. Okay, But he's right. also fallen flat on a couple as well. He did Senec. Okay. He did Manel Navarro. Okay. Look, I'm sorry. He's not a magician. There's not much you could do with that one. Uh, he did Trente, Oosterhuis uh, from uh, Oh, that was Dean. Simplicity. Um, so, and Zibs. So, look, he's a bit hot and cold. And I'll tell you what, he's going to need to wave the magic wand on this one to get it out of sort of second gear, I would imagine. It feels it needs some magic to happen there. I also have to say the con's got to be them. Um, I don't like them um, (laughs) straight up because I think their attitude has been terrible during this Eurovision thing. I mean, particularly made abundant by not taking part in Love Shine a Light last year. Saying that, saying that, Mm -hmm. the average person at home is not going to know that and that's a fan thing, definitely. And that's a personal thing that I have with them. However, in the lead up, it's very easy to trip over all those interviews and all that PR you're going to do. some point, they're going to say something. But is it going to really hurt them? Probably not. I think the song's going to hurt them more than their attitude. Yeah, I will say I found it 
interesting and mystifying. It's almost being like, yes, I would love to come to your party, but I will sit in the corner and not speak to anyone because I'm better than everyone else in the room. <laughs> so I, I don't understand why they would have that kind of attitude. But then again, I think they're using this as a vehicle to promote their music rather than embrace Eurovision as a such. There's got to be some connection there because they've been involved a few times yeah. as songwriters. So I think there is some respect, but it just comes up in a really bad way because I hmm. haven't seen anything that really shows it. Their actions show that they want to. Their words say that they don't have any respect for the for hmm. it. Interesting. We'll see how they go this year. All right. Well, look, that's our opinion. But of course, um, the Aussie Vision team also voted on this, and I can reveal where this came in the Aussie Vision lineup. Finished in twenty sixth. Oh, that's a little higher than I thought it might that's actually, actually. Pretty good. Okay. What are the range like? What are we? What the are we range about? is quite large. First, Michael, mm. to 34th. Okay. So um, top top there. Um, saying that two top 10s, so not just one person as an outlier, three in the 30. So not even that many down low mm. of the 15 we know. We don't know our rankings yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people very much in that middle area, particularly the 20s, was the, the most common ranking. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We're going to hear from a couple of the team, actually, on their opinions of this. First, we're going to hear on the 12 points man himself, Wade, Mm. and also Cooper. What a song this is. It's haunting. It's dark. It's mysterious. And I'm personally a big sucker for a song with a consistent theme and story. And this is so well produced. It is sparse at times, but then has this immaculate slow build-up with the bass guitar and the piano. And Geica just really sells the message. This could easily be a movie soundtrack song for the gripping murder mystery of the year. It's easily my number one. It reminds me of other great storytelling Eurovision songs like Calm After the Storm or Goodbye to Yesterday. It's also vocally challenging without having a manufactured for competition feeling, if you know what I mean. I don't want this to end up in the wrong place. It needs to get through the semi-finals. Recently in Eurovision, Belgium has not had a very good track record, and unfortunately this year's entry is not changing that. Hooverphonic with the wrong place may have a little bit more instrumental and production behind it than last year's effort, but it's still a very mellow and flat song. The pre-chorus in this is actually really strong and almost alludes to a powerful chorus, but then gives us absolutely nothing. The Wrong Place doesn't take us really anywhere at all, and that's not a good thing for a Eurovision song. Belgium is going to need to deliver killer staging for this to even stand a chance of qualifying in this extremely tough semi-final one. Well, Wade, uh, number one for him. Seemed to get very much caught up in the vibe of it all and enjoying it, so seeing it as almost like, you know, like a movie soundtrack. So I think he gets the whole ambiance of the whole thing. Uh, Cooper, well, a bit more sense there, to be honest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. On. I'm joking. But um, look, I can understand why he thinks it doesn't really go anywhere and, and deliver anything. And I think I, I see where Wade was coming from, and I think the video works really well with this song. Unfortunately, you can't have the video... Um, on stage and I can see where that kind of like it could be a soundtrack to something because I can see the moving things of a noir kind of European thing going on but no I yeah I I can't see it being as, as a number one song definitely but hey each their own. Absolutely. Everyone has got different taste, Dale. Indeed. Let's go on to the infamous rap and rank, Dale. I'll kick us off, shall we? 
Yes. All right. Well, for me, I can I can see that some musical quality here, definitely, and that may t- you know capture a bit of jury attention. But really, apart from that, I can see very very little televote opinion uh, uh, appeal here at all. Um, the song is simply in the wrong place. This is not <laughs> a competition song, and I, I think it's just gonna. It does absolutely nothing for me, and I can see this crashing and burning in the semi-finals. To be honest, I personally find the whole thing very linear and lifeless, unfortunately, and I've ranked it 36th. <laughs> oh, so you're actually our lowest ranker. I look like I'm the lowest well, ranker. Well, I haven't revealed mine yet, of course, yes, of but course. Um, spoiler alert, you oh, are. you're number two, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. But look, as much as I have had an issue with Hoover Phonic, the group, I do like this song. And it goes to show you that there's definitely something there if you can see beyond something that maybe you don't like the group, but, but that song and that music is great. I love the little hooks around the Johnny Cass t-shirt. I like going on the journey of the song, but I do have my doubts about it being a competition song. Um, saying that, I'm voting on my own kind of thing and not mm-hmm. about where it's going to come. I do think it's going to really struggle to get out of the semi-final. I need some magical staging. But for me, it didn't do too badly. Came in at number 25. Okay, so you're pretty much spot on with the team again kind of thing. Yeah, very like a good, decent song. Like, I like it, I sing it, I listen to it. And you know what? She wasn't part of that lot of three, so I just concentrate on her delivering rather than the two blokes. Yeah, I, I for me it just doesn't deliver enough. Eurovision's I'm not I don't watch Eurovision to Eurovision to listen to people's album tracks. You know, like it's just it's just so there for me. Well, let's see what they bring live. Yeah. All right. Well, look, let us know what your thoughts are on Belgium. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can get out of the, the semi-final? Can they qualify? Is it magic or is it flat as the Belgian topography? <laughs> let us know at Aussie Vision Net across all our social media channels. And thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. See you later.